Well, good evening. It's nice to see you in chapel tonight. We have others coming in, and it's great to have each and every one of you here. And I hope your class is going well tonight. I invite you to stand with me, and we'll read responsibly from 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 23 through 25, and 28 through 29. I'll read, and then the next slide that comes up will be your response. Are you ready, Vic? There we go. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. We will worship the Lord. Amen? That's what we're here to do tonight. Our speaker for this evening is Dr. Alan Like. He is the Vice President for Academic Affairs. Prior to that, he was the Dean of Online. Prior to that, he was the Chaplain. And prior to that, he was a full-time faculty member. He has done a lot his years here. He's loved by all, and he'll be preaching tonight. And we pray God's blessings upon the message he has for us. Let's join John Farley. If you weren't here last night, John and his son Trey. John is the minister of worship at Springs First Church of the Nazarene. And he's helping us out this week and did a great job last night. Let's join together and sing to the Lord. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day that you've given us and for this time that we can gather here in your home. We ask that you be with us as we start another year here at NBC. We thank you for the blessing that you've given us for being here, for the call upon our lives, and for what you're doing in and through us. I ask that you be with Dr. Like as he brings the message that you've given him. I ask that you open our minds and our hearts to hear what you have to say through, to us today. We ask all this in your holy and precious name. Amen. Good evening. Welcome to the second chapel service for 2014-2015. All in favor of being here, say aye. Aye. All right, that's unanimous. I'm glad you're here. Well, the question, the answer, excuse me, the answer to the question is quail. The answer to the question is quail. So the answer to the question is Okay, so what's the question? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Everyone here has made changes in their lives to be a part of Nazarene Bible College. Amen? Amen. Amen. How many people moved 
say, 100 miles or so from where you lived to here to, to be a student at NBC. Okay, 100 miles or so. What about 500 miles? If you miss the train I'm on, you will know that I'm gone. For all you people that are my age, you can hear the whistle blow 500 miles. Uh, 1,000 miles? Seriously, 1,500 miles? 2,000 miles? Okay, all right, so we're talking Florida, Germany, right? And if Chance Peter was here, I think he'd still win because he's from the Sudan, and so he's got everybody being. Uh, anybody just from across town? Yeah, 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 okay. Right. Everyone has made some changes to be a part of Nazarene Bible College. So uh, how many people have set aside, let's see, how much time have you set aside to be a student here at the, at the college? What's your, what's your projected plan? Uh, two years? Everybody two years? Three years? Okay, four years? Okay, five? Six? Ten? Uh, no, ten. <laughs> Let's go back to five just for a second. Everybody raise your hand. Five years. I need you to look around because you're not alone. It's typical, typical for students in Nazarene Bible College to take five or six years to complete your degree, so, so you're on track. Everyone here, everyone here has made changes, has made moves, shifts, adjustments of some kind. We have all adapted in order to be where God wants us to be at this point in our lives. Amen? Right. Because this is where you believe he wants you to be, yes? Not a trick question, right? Okay. However, as far as I know, there isn't a person here that's planning on being a student in NBC for forever. Some of us do take longer than... Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll have to talk to your advisor about that. <laughs> uh, for, every, for every person who's a student, Nazarene Bible College is a place between where we were before we arrived and where we're headed once we graduate. So it's important for us to acknowledge that we're in between. And it's also important for us to acknowledge that being in between is not always very comfortable. Right? See, where we were was familiar. It was comfortable. We had established routines and relationships. We knew where the shortcuts were through town or which light in our one light town wasn't working. We knew where the best places to eat so we wouldn't wind up with bad service one more time. We knew who we'd call if we had an emergency and we knew who it was that we could reach out to when we needed a friend. Where we were was familiar, was comfortable. Now, where we're headed, where we're headed is the place of our dreams, our aspirations, our vocation. We're not there yet. It is the place where we believe that we will fulfill God's call on our lives once we're finished being in between. It's the place where, as one writer put it, our deep gladness meets the world's deep need. 
where we're headed is where we want to be. Even if we never leave town, where we're headed on the other side of our degree is where we want to be, but we're not there yet. True? True? So we're in between. We're in between those two places in our our lives. We're somewhere in the middle of where we were and where we're headed, and the uncertainty that comes with the unfamiliar surroundings of being in between, of being not there yet, can impact our ability to trust. Now eventually, for those of us who relocated recently, we're likely to trust the new neighbors that we're getting acquainted with. I said likely. We're likely to make friends and get along with those folks at that new congregation that we're finding our way to be a part of. And this is a new place. This is a new schedule. And so we are adjusting to classes and profs and classmates. And that whole adjustment thing just takes time. And sometimes, before we've reached a place of trust, because we're still in the process of learning how to adapt to this new in-between, sometimes we might get leery of how things will play out where we are here. We knew where we were, we knew where we're going, but we're not quite sure about this in-between. Actually, I think it takes place not in the first year, sometime during the second year. Sometimes during the second year, the place where we were isn't where we want to be anymore, but we're not where we want to be. And so we're, it's like crossing a lake, swimming across, and neither shore is visible. So because neither shore is visible, what do we do? Where do we go? Do we go back? Or do we go where we're headed? So in that in-between, we're not sure how things would play out, and so we might be tempted to think that where we are is really where we don't want to be any longer. And if we get that far in our thinking, sometimes we begin to stop trusting, we begin to stop trusting what we know to be God's plan for us because the fog that comes with being in between makes things less clear than we want them to be. Now, a couple of minutes ago I said we're here because God wants us to be, yes? And everybody said? Right? Just just remember, in the middle of the fog, this is where he wants you to be. The fog will clear, but you gotta go through it could be that some of us have been have gotten good at repeating Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Anybody memorize Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Let me see your hands. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Okay. Well, we have work to do. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will. He'll direct your paths. He'll make your paths straight. That's the truth. Amen? And hopefully, well, I was going to say, hopefully we repeat the scripture because we know it. That means that most everyone in the room is going to need to look it up so you can read it. 
But every time we do that, we challenge our uncertainty. Every time we go through that scripture one more time, every unfamiliar thing, every foggy portion of the in-between can be addressed. So the answer to the question is, good, you're listening. We'll get to the question in a moment. See, the implication in all of this is that we have a choice to make. Will we trust God or trust ourselves? Will we lean toward his understanding or toward our own, which is always right? Will we rest in him or rest in us? Will we trust God while we're in the in-betweens? I came across a quote a while back that helps me here. Elton Trueblood wrote, faith is not belief without proof. It is trust without reservation. Okay, so I'm gonna say it, I want you to repeat it. Faith is not belief without proof. Say that with me. Faith is not belief without proof, but is trust without reservation is trust without reservation. So that's what we mean when we sing all to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. Or when we sing, Lord I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I'll live for you alone every breath that I take. Or so I'll stand with my arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all. So I'll stand my Lord, my soul, Lord, to you surrendered. All I am is yours. Faith is not belief without proof, but is trust without reservation. And the answer to the question is? Quail. So here's the question. Why should we trust God while we're in the in-betweens? Quail. Why should we continue on from where we are, excuse me, where we are to where we're headed instead of going back to where we were? The answer is? Quail. So I need you to take your Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter 16. Everybody say amen when you got it. Exodus 16. Okay. Sixteen. Okay. All right. Hear the word of the Lord. Then they set out from Elim, and all the congregation of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, you can't get the other one right. Uh, Sinai is just English and all the others, but sorry, Tom. On the 15th day of the second month after the departure from the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The sons of Israel said to them, 
Would that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. And on the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So then Moses and Aaron said to all the sons of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your grumblings against the Lord, and what are we that you should grumble against us? No, I had to throw that thing in. I don't know. That's just preachers for you. Verse 9. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumblings. It came about as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the sons of Israel that they looked toward the wilderness and behold the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I have heard the grumblings of the sons of Israel. Speak to them saying, at twilight you shall eat meat. And in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Remember, those are the two things that they were missing from Egypt. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it came about at evening that the quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. And when the layer of dew evaporated, behold, on the surface of the wilderness, there was a fine flake-like thing, fine as the frost in the ground. And when the sons of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it every man as much as he should eat. You shall take an omer apiece according to the number of persons each of you has in his tent. The sons of Israel did so, and some gathered much and some little. And when they measured it with an omer, he who had gathered much had no excess. And he who had gathered little had no lack. Every man gathered as much as he should eat. That's the word of the Lord. Say thanks be to God. Now, we could spend a long time comparing our current situation with Israel's. We could easily draw analogies about the Israelites being in the wilderness and the adjustments they go through because we're strangers in a strange land. Anybody know that the people in Colorado Springs don't know how to drive? <laughs> or, or we could take mention that they carried the weight of the tents on their back. We could relate the weight of those tents to the homework that we're about to do, assignments that have to be done, the reading that has to take place. We have to make room for that stuff. 
right? So it'd be very easy to make an analogy and say, okay, because we're in the in-betweens and they're in the in-betweens and all of those things have to do with us, but that's not really the point of the story. See, the point of the story is that as God leads, God provides. I need an amen. Is that true? That as God leads, God provides. That as God leads, God makes a way for those who are following his leading. Amen? That as God leads, God can be trusted to help us to get to the end of the journey, help us get through the middle of the in-betweens, in the same way that he led us when we began. 100 miles away, 1,500 miles away, half a continent, half a globe away. The point of the story is that as God leads, God provides. And how do we know that? What's the answer to the question? Quail. Hungry and scared, wishing we never had come. Homes on our backs, dust in our hair, cursing the day we'd begun. Tell me, I ask you, a friend of mine said, was it so bad where we were? didn't have to come here to be dead was what we had so unsure then the quail came falling like dew on the ground the quail came each evening our Taking our curses and turning them round Filling our ears with ungrateful sounds Unworthy to stand I bow down There someone to blame our bodies were aching babies were crying and each day was so much the same I tell you people this journey is crazy I heard someone say in his rage how long will it be till we realize our folly and get back to where we were safe. But then the quail came, falling like dew on the ground. The quail came, 
Bring our food to be found Taking our curses and turning them round Filling our ears with those ungrateful sounds Unworthy to stand I fall down So here we are Alone on a desert Fed on to dark dust today Every morning we wake up To find just the measure Of food we will need for the way Oh, once we would ask if we could have more To see that our future survived But we know now at last that nothing is sure Except that at evening the quail will arise Then the quail came Falling like dew on the ground The quail came Each evening our Turning them round Filling our ears with those ungrateful sounds Unworthy to stand Unworthy to stand Unworthy to stand can trust the Lord with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. Amen? Amen. We can trust Him without reservation. Amen? Amen? We can trust God while we're in the in-betweens. Amen? Okay, that one we need a little work on. We can trust God while we're in the in-betweens. Amen? We can trust the God who sent the quail. Amen? Amen. Stand and sing. So go now in the power and the presence of the God who sent the quail and who will send the quail. And all God's people said, Amen. We're dismissed.